Check this out, y'all. Audio level full volume. It's your time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, everybody. Border to Border, 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here for the final time in 2023 as we get you set for, well, the end of the uh, of the year. And uh, got a lot to get into in the show today. You know what we do on Fridays. Tim Murray will drop by. He's like your Santa Claus for now. If he gives winners, he's Santa Claus. If, he's, uh, if he gives losers, uh, he is the Grinch. But he'll stop by. We'll do a bunch of bowls. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get to every single bowl um, that's going to be happening uh, the next week, two weeks. Um, so we'll, we'll have him on to talk about a whole bunch of that stuff and just do some generic thoughts. Um, you know, NFL, maybe we'll touch on the commanders, which... May actually win this weekend because they're facing Trevor Simeon. So uh, Tim Murray will join us at 3.15. That is the only guest for today. I was trying to get somebody else. It did not work out. Um, So we will, you know, do what we do here. I'm assuming that most of you are not working. I am the, uh, me and Lewis are the only two on this floor. Uh, of a very nice office building. Um, my friend who works across the street from me, also in an office building, she is the only person in her uh, building. So I'm assuming most of you are out on the roads. Uh, I tried to go to the mall briefly today and uh, did not work out very well. I had one stop and it took a while to get there. So please be careful and uh, please use Amazon or something like that to try and get your gifts. So that way you can, I, I don't even know anymore it's 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 tough out there but just be careful if you're out there uh traveling we'll try and entertain you for this hour uh ahead uh three two seven zero eight 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 that is the phone number that is the text line 804 is the area code don't forget tonight here on our airwaves later on tonight at 6 30 we've got the the gasparilla bowl between central florida and georgia tech kickoff is at 6 30 for that one it's down in tampa florida hopefully it's a better game than yesterday. I don't think I'll ever have an easier winner than taking under 30 and a half points for Syracuse. They wouldn't have scored 31 points in four games last night. That was a pretty pathetic performance by uh, Syracuse, so hopefully we get a better game there. And then tomorrow we will have the Camilla Bowl, uh, or the Camellia Bowl, uh, which is the bowl game between Arkansas State and Northern Illinois. It's early. It's around 11.30. And then we'll have the JMU Dukes in the Armed Forces Bowl. That'll be at 3.30. And then to close out your December 23rd, the Hawaii Bowl, which rightfully belongs at Christmas Eve. But uh, if you're in the car late tomorrow night, 10.30 or so, Coastal Carolina and San Jose State, every football game matters here. Uh, so we'll have that. And then... Um, We'll take, obviously, a couple days off in the bowls. Well, the Quick Lane Bowl, the First Responder Bowl, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, uh, the Military Bowl. So we've got a whole bunch of them coming up. If you basically want to hear a college football game, You'll hear it here on 106.1 ESPN. Uh, college basketball today. Uh, we'll talk about that real quick. A couple of state schools in action. George Mason's already playing a game right now. They are down 40-29 at halftime to Tulane. Uh, George Mason obviously playing all right so far this season. Um, so we can uh, talk about that. 
And I'm trying to look here real quick to see what other state schools. Old Dominion is playing Temple uh, at 7.30 in the Diamond Head Classic. They lost yesterday to TCU. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Jeff Jones, uh, the head coach of Old Dominion, who had a heart attack on Wednesday night down in Hawaii. It is He is in the hospital. He is expected to make a full recovery. So uh, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Jeff Jones and his family as he is down in Honolulu uh, in the hospital. Uh, his Monarchs play Temple around 7. 30 tonight in the, I don't know, it's like the loser's bracket game. Both of those teams losing in Nevada and uh, TCU. JMU already a winner today, 89-75 to over Morgan State. So James Madison continues to uh, just roll. Um, they are now 12-0 on the season. That will wrap up their non-conference slate back home the 30th to host Texas State. Um, I mean, look, as I said, JMU has had some impressive victories. The Michigan State win, obviously, the win right afterwards and double OT at Kent State. Southern Illinois, that's a great win. But the other thing is that they've kind of had a lot of wins against nobodies. So I think they have an at-large resume so far. Um, It would behoove them not to go and lose too many games in the Sun Belt. Uh, Ken Palm has them projected to go 27-3 and this season. Uh, But JMU gets the win in an early afternoon noon game so you'll notice a lot of people playing early games uh tomorrow today yesterday it's because they allow their kids then to travel and go home because a lot of teams are going to be going home uh during this offseason jamie was a 21 point favorite on the road so obviously they did not cover but they did get the win 89 75 over morgan state vcu's home tonight they got maryland eastern shore the rams a 24 and a half point favorite totals 136 136 and a half we'll see how vcu handles this one uh against Maryland Eastern Shore. I guess we'll also still be on uh, Sean Bear style watch. Uh, looking real quick to see if there's any Twitter rumblings as to whether or not. Oh, there it is. Sean Bearstow expected to make his debut tonight uh, for uh, VCU. Uh, so the roster will be full uh, with Bearstow making the return and Joe Bamasil returning. So we'll finally get to see what we expected all season long from the VCU Rams. They should get the win tonight, but it'll be very interesting how they implement their new new piece, who obviously did practice in the preseason uh, and was with them on the uh, the trip overseas, but has not played yet this season. They've got two more non-conference games, Friday, December 22nd at home against Maryland Eastern Shore, and Saturday, December 30th at home against uh, Gardner-Webb. So that is your... Virginia update in terms of the teams that are playing against D1 opponents. If they're not playing D1 opponents, you know, obviously I'm just looking at a list of the lines uh, with regards to uh, college basketball. Last night in this sport, um, I mean, I'm going to be I'm going to be brutally honest with regards to to last night with regards to Richmond. I mean, they won the game. Obviously, um, they played really well for about 34 minutes. Did not get a basket the last six minutes, and were kind of disappointing in some ways. They did get the win, 72-66. They are seven and five. They still do have one more non-conference game against Lafayette coming up on the 30th. But I I mean, it, look, you know. And I'm not just saying this because I gave out uh, Richmond's team total over and it didn't hit, but like Richmond was disappointing towards the end of the game. Buffalo plays no defense, and they couldn't score a basket the last six-plus minutes of the game. I still don't know what to make of this Richmond Spiders team. They're really good at home. They've beaten the teams they were supposed to, but they are not good on the road, and they are losing to teams that are better than them. So you look, they start out uh, conference play, home against St. Bonaventure, at Loyola Chicago, home George Mason, at Duquesne, at Davidson. That's their first five games. 
you know, are they going to go two and three because there's two home games and three road games? I don't know. Little Chicago's all over the place. Duquesne is probably better. Davidson, I don't think is better. But as I said, it's a road game. I don't know what to make of the Spiders so far. If you ask me to, to before the season to give you my record through the first 12 games, it'd probably be seven and five, which is where they are. So, I mean, they still, they're number one in turnover percentage. They do not turn the ball over very much, but they also don't offensive rebound and they don't get to the free throw line. Like those are two concerning things, especially when your offense at times uh, struggles to score. They only had 18 free throws. Now, the fact that they made only 13 isn't good either, but look, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see how they come out of this break. They play Lafayette on Saturday. They're going to beat Lafayette by a lot. Lafayette's 1-11. Um, they've lost a lot of road games by a lot of points. They did lose by two at Penn. Uh, they lost by 21 at St. Joe, 18 at UCLA. Um, they'll probably win that game because they're home. But I just I don't know what to make of the Spiders. I really don't. I, I do not know. You know, if you said to me, do I think I think they're an NIT team potentially, but they have to start winning away from home. They have to start winning away from home, and they have to start winning games they're not supposed to win. Like one, two maybe, whatever. Uh, so that's what Richmond, they did get the win. I know it makes me sound negative, but they did get the win. Tech got the win yesterday as well. A 59 possession game against American, 77-55. So they finished the non-conference 9-3. and Well, they went 8-3 and and then beat Louisville. I would say right now their resume is not good enough to get into the tournament. They're going to have to get some quality wins in conference. Best win is Iowa State in the neutral court. The Boise State win's nice. The Vermont win is nice. But, like, Tech has to just... Get some upsets along the way. They get Duke at home on January 29th. Um, they get Virginia at home on February 19th. They get, well, they only play Carolina once. That's not great. Um, they play at Carolina on February 17th. Like they've got to win probably two of those games and then not lose to Georgia Tech or Notre Dame or Louisville. Virginia Tech's not making the tournament right now if you look at their resume. Uh, so that's what happened in uh, college basketball last night involving uh, the state schools. Let's take a timeout. Coming up uh, a little bit later on, we're going to talk about this Florida State story. Florida State has officially, you know, filed some things and is now officially fighting the grant of rights. So we'll see. Florida State, who's whining about, uh, once again, uh, getting screwed. They've been getting screwed by the uh, NCAA, thinks that all of a sudden leaving this conference is going to save them. We also finally know the number that it will take any university to leave the ACC early. It is an exorbitant number, which makes me think it's even stupider that Florida State is fighting this. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show, but coming up after the break, Tim Murray of VEASAN. He is going to give us some winners, hopefully. I will chime in with my thoughts on some of these bowl games as I have them. We'll try and help you out over the next week or so. Tim Murray of VEASAN is next. 106.1 ESPN. The NFL season is in full swing and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast here on your home for sports in the River City. 106.1 ESPN Richmond. It's more than a gentleman's club. Have a holly jolly Christmas it's the best Welcome back. Of the year. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here. And um, we are awaiting Tim, who is uh, scheduled to uh, connect to us. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, when he connects. Um, nothing wrong with Michael Buble. I think Michael Buble is uh, pretty good. Captures the sounds of the season. So um, 
that's a solid way in. It you know feeling festive today as I am pretty much one of the only people in this office building uh, here. And I, you know, listen, I'm hoping you're enjoying your time. The, Friday, let's be honest. Some of you took off Thursday. Some of you took off Friday. That's fine. Um, but uh, we'll try and give you some entertainment. And uh, as soon as Tim connects to us, we will uh, get him on to the show and. Um, Get his picks as we have a lot of bowl games. We're not going to, obviously, we won't be able to go over all of them between now and uh, New Year's Day, but uh, we will certainly touch on a bunch of them and update on some of the lines. James Madison is still a one and a half point favorite. There's a one in Vegas, uh, there's a one in a book called Heritage, but JMU's still a slight favorite. And as I said, I, I still don't know. I'll be interested to see what Tim says. I still have no idea in terms of who's going to win this game on Saturday. <laughs> Obviously, we want JMU to win. But Air Force is one of those teams that, like, if you're not focused, Air Force will make you pay. So, you know, we laid out the two scenarios yesterday. A focused JMU beating Air Force because of the better team. An unfocused JMU making mistakes and not covering the triple option properly and, and losing in a higher scoring game. Um, Virginia Tech is a 10.5 point favorite. Totals around 44.5-45 in that one. If you've missed it, I mean, Tulane is without everybody pretty much. A lot of wide receivers entering the transfer portal. The quarterback entering the transfer portal. Uh, defensive players entering the transfer portal. And Tech is pretty much whole when it comes to um, this game. So it'd be, it would be a disappointment. Like I'm not one of these people who, if you lose the bowl game... I'm going to be massively, massively disappointed. But, you know, it would be disappointing. Like, obviously, look, if you're an ODU fan, you you want to win your bowl game. If you're going to make your bowl game, you want to win your bowl game. So, yeah, obviously that's the case. But, like, I'm not going to go into the offseason thinking this team is terrible. Case in point, my alma mater last night didn't show up. They lost 45 nothing to to South Florida. And, um, you know, they lost 45 nothing. And nothing happened, and they did absolutely nothing. They looked like a hideous team. I turned it off after, like, 14 nothing. It was awful. But, like, I'm not going to let it ruin the season. I'm not going to let it ruin, obviously, Syracuse's tremendous haul and new head coach that they've picked up because they're going to be a lot better next year. So if Tech wins, that's tremendous. If Tech loses, okay. Like, that's just the end of the season. So, um so that's kind of what we're looking at there. Um, obviously, I, I, I think Tech's going to win. And I'm assuming that there's going to be a lot of people um, that are going to be at the uh, at the bowl game coming up on two, uh, on Wednesday. Excuse me. The bowl game is on Wednesday, and you'll hear it here on 1061 ESPN. Uh, then we go down. We go to Liberty. Uh, Liberty's still a 17-point underdog, 17.5 in some places. Like, I'm... Um, you know, Oregon's probably going to have some opt-outs as we get closer, but unless it's Bo Nix that's opting out, that number's still going to be pretty big. It's still going to be pretty large because Oregon's just better than Liberty. A, a, a unfocused Liberty, uh, a Oregon team probably still beats Liberty, but I've also underestimated. Um, I've also underestimated uh, Liberty all season long, and um, we'll see what happens, but. You know, this is, and Liberty hasn't really had any opt outs either. Liberty's been pretty clean with regards to everything that's going on. Um, I just, um, 
I'm trying to uh, send Lewis. There you go, Lewis. I just sent you uh, the phone number to your uh, phone just in case. Um, I, look, I think Liberty might have an opt-out or two, but I think it would be behoove them to be very focused and to be ready for this game. But we'll see what happens. Uh, just to tell you, the Rose Bowl between Alabama and Michigan. Michigan's a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Total's 45 I mean, it's hard to pick against Alabama in this situation. It's hard to pick against Alabama. Um, and then you've got the Sugar Bowl, which is Texas minus four against Washington. Total 63 and a half. This is one of those classic games where Washington has played really well and has done so against, you know, lesser competition in terms of, although it was a good year for the Pac-12, this will be their first really, really, really tough game of the season. So I don't know necessarily. They'll either show up and play really well or Texas will win this game by a lot. But here's the thing. The game is still a bunch of weeks away. It's on Monday. It's on New Year's Day. So obviously, if... There's going to still be some opt-outs, some injuries, potentially some suspensions. Who knows? It's really hard to kind of predict what's going to happen um, with the bowl game out there. Um, and then there's a bunch of others. And, and hopefully we'll get Tim on. If we don't, we'll, we'll touch on some of this other stuff. But it gives me a good opportunity to go over this Florida State story. So for those who are not familiar, today, Florida State voted. They had a public meeting. Um, and it was online. And they voted to go and sue... The ACC over the grant of rights. And um, basically, the school is alleging restraint of trade, breach of contract, and failure to perform over what it describes as years of mismanagement that has locked ACC schools in a deteriorating media rights agreement while preventing schools from leaving with draconian withdrawal penalties. So here's the thing. Florida State has sworn up and down that this is not about them getting left out of the college football playoff, yet several people referred to it as the case. They said, oh, you know, we didn't make the college football playoff, but like then they kind of said, like, we've heard all along, what is it, it's been like two years that Florida State has whined, and, and Clemson did a little bit of whining and said, oh, my God, we're not getting enough money. We're, you know, stuck and everything. Um, we're stuck. So, um... So what's happening is um, they're tired of it. They're tired of waiting, and they're tired of kind of being in this in this situation. I said it yesterday. Here's the funny thing about this whole thing. Florida State, A, needed a whole bunch of things that go wrong on that Friday and Saturday to not make the, the tournament. If Oregon beats Washington, Florida State is in. If Georgia beats Alabama, Florida State is in. Okay. Those were two things that were were supposed to happen. Oregon was a healthy favorite against Washington. Georgia was a healthy favorite. I think it was like four or five point favorite against Alabama. So two upsets prevented Florida State from getting in. If Jordan Travis was healthy, Florida State's probably in. And Alabama may be left out, although I don't think that's the case. Um, So there's all these things that that prevented them. The other thing that's interesting about this whole Florida State problem that they have with the conference if you look at what florida state has done i'm pulling it up now so i have the exact um so i have the exact numbers is florida state had that stretch where they weren't very good in football and guess what when they're not very good in football the acc doesn't look as good so let's see here. So obviously, look, they went. Oh, this this skips over a bunch of. Oh well, this that kind of helps. So they were ranked in 2022. 
Okay. Previously to that, they were ranked in 2016. So they had a whole bunch of years where they were a terrible foot, not a terrible football team, but they were un Florida State like. Let me, I'm pulling it up now. Uh, so they went 13 and 0 this year, 10 and 3 last year, 5 and 7, 3 and 6, 6 and 7, 5 and 7, 7 and 6. They had a five year stretch where they were a terrible football team as one of the flagships of this conference. And so naturally, of course the conference is going to get less money, and of course the conference is going to get less regard. If Florida State's not good, then the rest of them are not good. Then the rest of the conference is going to be held back. You look at Clemson. I'm pulling up Clemson right now. Clemson has had a tremendous stretch, but Clemson also had, you know, that brief time where they had a couple losses in 2011, 2014. Like, Clemson's done their best to hold this conference up, but you can't have one team holding the conference up. Look everywhere else. The Big 12, it's Oklahoma and Texas. In the SEC, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's Florida, you know, it's Tennessee. Uh, the Pac-12, it's UCLA, uh, well, it's USC. It's, uh, you know, look at the other conferences. Who am I forgetting? Big Ten. It's, it's, it's Michigan and Ohio State. When the ACC's flagship, besides Clemson, is playing really badly, that doesn't help the conference. So the irony of them, of all people, saying, well, we want to leave. We want to go elsewhere. Well, like, we want you to play better. And then the ACC does better. The two years with Willie Taggart were a disaster. Willie was terrible. Five and seven, six and seven. Mike Norvell wasn't even good when he first started out. He only turned it around the last two years. So that's kind of the ridiculous thing in this whole thing. But we finally found out the number now. We finally found out how much it's going to take. And the number is $572 million. Now, this is without legal victory. This is without any sort of settlement, which we've seen before. We've seen settlements occur. The number is $429 million would be forfeited in media rights through 2036 when the ACC contract with ESPN expires. $13 million in unreimbursed broadcast fees and an exit fee of $130 million, basically three times the league's total operating budget. That's how we get to the $572 million. And as I said, this doesn't happen next year. It doesn't happen even if we go to eight, which you you all know, I much rather have eight than than twelve. And I think twelve is too many. But the only thing people will complain about in twelve is the seating, and how important seating is. But Florida State is potentially willing to go to court, fight the grant of rights. And then what? What happens if they lose? What happens if they lose? Are they willing to to, to, to fork over $572 million to the ACC just to leave when next year in this exact situation they're going to still make the playoff? Like I just I don't get it. None of this makes sense to me. Um, we've seen other people try and get out of their agreements. Texas and Oklahoma paid $50 million each to the Big 12, but that was for one year early. One year early. This is for, what is it, uh, 13 years early? 12 years early? And here's the other thing on the other side, and I'll get to Bruce in just a second. If Florida State leaves, Clemson's leaving, North Carolina's leaving, 
Maybe one of the Virginia schools leaves. And then who knows what happens to the ACC. Because then, yay, we brought in Stanford, Cal, and SMU. Boo, we're losing Clemson and Florida State and North Carolina and all this other stuff. And guess what? Soon the Power Five no longer becomes the Power Five. It becomes the Power Three because obviously the Pac-2 is not going to be a Power Five conference. It's pretty crazy to think about. By the way, I don't know if you missed the story. So outside of football and baseball, Oregon State and Washington State, who are now the two teams left in the Pac-12, are now going to the West Coast Conference. So basically for basketball and everything outside of football and baseball, they're going to the West Coast Conference, which I find fascinating. Because Gonzaga's trying to get out of the West Coast Conference, and here comes two Pac-12 schools going to the West Coast Conference. It's fascinating. I can't imagine Florida State's going to win, but who knows? Weirder things have happened in the courts. And no, I'm not getting into that. But this all began. And by the way, the ACC has filed something against Florida State you know, saying basically like they're trying to get out of a contract that's a pretty normal contract. So this will be fought off the field. Um, it's going to be pretty crazy, to, to say the least. Uh, Bruce, you're on Border to Border. How's it going, Bruce? Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, I'm glad you said something about Jeff Jones. I was actually in the 757 area yesterday, and they had the game on, but they made the announcement as well. Uh, so hope he has a healthy and speedy recovery as well. Matt, Monday, you will not be on the air. So we should get to this today. Uh, we have the 8 p.m. game on Monday evening, and it should be in competition with the Ravens 49ers game. I'm watching my Sixers. So I'm just going to put it out there. I'm watching the Sixers on Monday because Joel Embiid has really clearly shown that he's the front runner as league MVP. And I will say over the next couple of weeks, Philly has a chance to position itself now number three, but possibly as the number one team in the Eastern Conference. So we should have some interesting sports going on this weekend. Uh, With yeah. the enjoyment of family. You, you are correct, Bruce. And uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours. And uh, thank you, as always. We will talk to you again in 2024. No doubt. All right. Uh, yes. Um, the NBA is playing. And it's. I, I feel bad because the, uh, the NBA is playing and the NFL is also playing. I'll just say this. I mean, I, obviously, the Eagles are playing at 4.15, 4.30 on Christmas. Uh, if they lose, I'll be too miserable to watch the Sixers. I don't think they will. Tommy and the Cutlets are not going to, I don't think, go into Philadelphia and win. Um, but we'll see. Uh, it's pretty crazy. I'll be interested to see what the ratings are for the NBA this year because usually the NBA dominates Christmas. I've always said it's one of my favorite days to watch it because usually I'm not out. I'm home watching stuff and um, just kind of you know enjoying my you know TV and everything. But the NFL has four, three games, and it's... Kansas City, who everybody loves, and you know the Swifties will be watching. And then it's the Eagles and the Giants. And then it's, oh, potentially the Super Bowl uh, rematch between the, or not the rematch, the preview between the Ravens and the 49ers. I'll be very interested to see what the NBA ratings are. Uh, Bruce, I will have the football game on the on the larger TV and probably the Sixers game on my computer. 
Sorry, gotta gotta watch the Ravens and the and the and the 49ers. That is so much more intriguing to me than a regular season game that obviously Joel Embiid's playing really well, but we'll see. Um I might not watch anything. I might be just sitting in a dark room if Tommy and the Cutlets come to Philadelphia and win this game. Cause if the Sixers or if the Eagles lose to the Giants, it, it's just it's gonna be a miserable year. Uh let's take a timeout coming up. Uh we did just hear from Tim Murray. He will be on around 345, so we'll have to do a speed round version with him. Um so we'll take a timeout. We'll do a short segment, get you set for Tim at 345. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN Matt Joseph's here. Um, the numbers for this song. So according to The Economist, and this is from last month, according to The Economist, Mariah Carey earns about $2.5 million annually from this song. The New York Post, however, estimates the number is actually closer to $3 million because it's it's the most popular song and it's the most iconic song and it gets a ton of plays. So... Um, it's pretty crazy. Although, here is a story from the BBC. Uh, and this is from, okay, this is from today. Wham's Last Christmas has been crowned this year's number one 39 years after it was released. The festive classic beats Sam Ryder, who I have no idea who it is, Mariah Carey, and then somebody else. But reminder, this is the BBC. So this is the overseas stuff. Um, but number one is Wham's Last Christmas, which is also not bad. But it's it's not Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey should not be third in any sort of list that is um, basically whatever. Um, it is the number one song in the top Billboard Hot 100 singles list for the fifth consecutive year. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee is number two. I mean, it's, it, this this song this song will never die. There's several there's several songs that will. Um, that will never change and never die. That one will, de- and I don't, I don't want it to. It is a classic. Um, so certainly you can uh, check out the list. There's a list online as to the the greatest Christmas songs of all time and stuff like that. Three two seven zero eight eight eight. That is the phone number. That is the text line. Three two seven zero eight 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 zero four is the area code. We always appreciate uh, you, the listener. Uh, for always tuning in, for texting, for listening. Even if you're one of those who don't want to call, you just want to listen, we appreciate everybody who interacts with the show, however you do. So certainly uh, we appreciate that. And as I said, um, this Florida State story, it's going to go on and on and on, but like I just don't understand. Florida State needed to be better for a longer period of time for them to be able to complain and have no one like look at them funny. They had those five years where they were incompetent and were awful as a football team. And because of that, the grant of rights was lesser than it should be. And now they're like, well, you know, and and go read the athletic article. Nicole Auerbach does a tremendous job. Chris Vanini also helped her. I tried to get Chris Vanini on the show and he was not available. Um, But go read what they do. It's part of the athletic. And as I keep saying, the athletic does a tremendous job covering all sports, uh, which, you know, you want to check out. Last thing real quick, Yamamoto signed with the Dodgers. 12 years, $325 million. Um, 
I still don't think the Dodgers are a guarantee. I'd still take the Braves roster over the Dodgers roster. I don't care if the Dodgers sign seven more free agents. I still like what the Braves are doing more than the uh, than the Dodgers. And that pains me as a Phillies fan to even say that. All right, let's take a timeout. Coming up, Tim Murray will join us in a fast-paced version of our usual segment. We'll close things out for 2023 next. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here. Got about eight minutes left for our next guest uh, joining us. Uh, you can check him out on VSIM primetime, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can follow him on Twitter at 1TimMurray. Tim, what's going on? Matt, I apologize to you and your listeners. Uh, I noticed a uh, 804 number calling me while I was in the thick of a Costco shop. So uh, apologies. I am back home and uh, ready to rock here. All right. We're going to do this somewhat. Uh, it's all right. You know, it's okay. You're getting your shopping done. It's quite all right. Um, we're going to do this speed round version, though, right, essentially. So- uh, we got a game tonight, and uh, it's an interesting one. Central Florida and Georgia Tech. Yeah, no real opt-outs on both sides. Um, You've seen a little bit of movement in the market towards Central Florida today, uh, back up to six at a lot of spots. Uh, Not to be the the gambling guy who doesn't have an opinion on a game, but I don't have an opinion on this game. Uh, I I lean dog, but uh, the market's telling us that uh, maybe UCF is the right side here. Uh, So a lean towards Georgia Tech, uh, catching the points if you're in a uh, pick'em pool. So we got uh, tomorrow, we got a whole bunch of games, which is tremendous, but we'll focus in on the one that we obviously want to talk about. In Fort Worth, Texas, JMU, this line continues to go down, a one and a half point favorite against Air Force. So um, I played played Air Force here uh, earlier this week. Uh, I'm really curious about JMU and, and you get, you could probably speak to this much more than I can I know the the belief is that majority of all these JMU guys Matt are gonna play that's the that's the word on the street right now the the portal guys the the McLeods the Walkers the Fishers uh, these they're all gonna play uh Kamara and uh, Tyson Lawton are the only ones who won't they both committed to Indiana okay so I, I initially was going to be all in on JMU, right, uh, for bowl season. And then Signetti leaves and the staff is all gone. So of the staff, Shanahan, Haynes, and Sanceri have all left too, right, to go with Signetti? Yes, there's only four coaches that were left over, but they brought in five special assistants who all had experience with the triple option. Okay, so that's a great nugget right there. I, I just my, – my thought process on this game is Air Force – Obviously, ended the year very poorly. Lost their last four games. Uh, we don't know if Zach Larrier is going to play or not. Uh, the quarterback for for Air Force when he got hurt, things kind of went off the rails a little bit. We do know that John Lee Eldridge, their running back, Air Force's running back, is in the portal. Um, but I, I just I wonder for JMU with all this movement and all these players in the portal like is your mind really going to be super focused on on slowing down the triple option now i love the fact that you just told me that uh these these coaches all have experience with slowing down the triple but i i just if if needed to pick it i think air force and armed service academies are usually pretty motivated in bowl games i thought james madison i think they will be but i'm just curious of how locked in they're going to be if they were playing someone else with a traditional offense I would be more likely to look towards 
the Dukes here, but uh, I, I like Air Force in this spot. I think Jamie's either super focused to play one last time together and they win this game because they're just the better team, or they make little mistakes that you can afford it to against other teams like you just talked about, but not against Air Force. The other thing is I think if they have a lead at halftime, Air Force is going to make the adjustments and maybe an Air Force second half bet is in the making because Troy Calhoun has done this a lot longer and a lot better than the coaches that are on JMU side. Yeah, no, and I think that's a fair point, too. So, look, um, you know, uh, in-game betting, I'm sure you've talked about on your show, um, you know, especially in the bowl season, if you're just hanging out watching these games, obviously you have to be kind of locked in. You can't, I would, don't blindly in-game bet games. Um, But if you're locked in and you're watching a game, you're watching JMU Air Force, and, you know, maybe JMU with the scripted plays gets out to an early lead, you could be looking an in-game situation. You know, yesterday was not an in-game situation because that was a beatdown from the jump on USF. I guess you could have laid it with USF as the game has gone on. But there's been a bunch of other bowl games, uh, obviously, most notably Old Dominion, uh, where you've had an opportunity to to bet in-game and get a, a pretty advantageous price. Uh, Wednesday, we've got the Military Bowl. Virginia Tech, who has pretty much everybody. There's two other three guys who are in the transfer portal who are going to play anyway. And then Tulane, who pretty much has nobody. nobody. And yeah. obviously the line reflects that. Is this a game where you look to the Hokies? Or are you going to just stay away because we don't know what to expect from Tulane? I, I feel like you could look at, like, uh, and this is more of your expertise, you know, some team total unders for Tulane. I think, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm kicking myself because I thought the price had already baked in Michael Pratt uh, opting out. And when he officially opted out last week, the line went from 7 to 11. So it had not baked it in, uh, obviously. So uh, I, I think Virginia Tech, clearly the more motivated team. Very few people in the portal, uh, as you alluded to, uh, Canteen and Lofton, uh, both expected to play in this game, even being in the portal. I mean, Tulane with Willie Fritz gone. Um, I do think a lot of their coaches are hanging on for the bowl game. Uh, I believe their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator are all staying for the bowl game, but they just don't have really any pieces, you know? I mean, Michael Pratt's in the portal. Their backup's in the portal. Uh, well, Pratt's not in the portal. He's I think he's going pro. Uh, Alex Bauman, their tight ends in the portal. So yeah, I, I would look uh, try to get you, you know try to get uh, maybe a little creative. But uh, I think Virginia Tech is is definitely the only side you can play here. Obviously, we are still a long way away from New Year's Day. But yep. short of Bo Nix tra- uh, opting <laughs> out, are you ever looking at Liberty in this game? I can't. I mean, I, I just I. I don't know what Liberty is. You know, I mean, look, Liberty has has proved a lot of people wrong, but am I the only one that when I saw New Mexico State get absolutely obliterated by Fresno State, say, uh-oh, this is not good for the old CUSA. Caden Salter's legit. We know that. Uh, Bo Nix, as you alluded to, is uh, is scheduled to play. A couple other pieces uh, are in the portal. I'm not really excited to lay 17 necessarily uh, in this game uh, with Oregon because I do wonder – uh, you know what their what their mindset is, but I mean, you've talked about it on your show. I've talked about it on mine. It's not like Liberty's got this murderer's row of uh, of, of of opponents, right? So uh, I, I thought the the New Mexico State performance was a bit eye opening uh, of how Fresno State, a team missing a lot, was able to win very comfortably in New Mexico against New Mexico State, a team that is thought to be the second best team in Conference USA. Let's uh, close out with the Orange Bowl. Obviously, we know Florida State doesn't care. 
care, but do we actually think Georgia cares? Like, I think this team is both are going to be disappointed with this game. Yeah, I've, I've talked about this game today on my podcast. I mean, the list is just ridiculous on both sides. You've got opt-outs. You've got, you know, portal guys. I mean, you know, for, for Florida State, you've got Johnny Wilson, Jared Verse, Keon Coleman, Trey Benson, uh, Fabian Lovett, uh, Jaheim Bell. Those have all opted out. You've got some portal movement. You've got a, a backup quarterback in Tate Rodemaker. And then for Georgia, we do know uh, that Carson Beck is staying, uh, but who else is going to be playing? I mean, Brock Bowers is not going to play. I think under's the way to go in this game, to be honest, because Florida State's defense actually was pretty legit in the ACC championship. Jared Verse is obviously gone, but a lot of those pieces are still there. Uh, and then I don't know how Florida State consistently scores. We saw what they looked like with with uh, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman and Trey Benson against Louisville. So I don't see how they score much. I, I, I like under uh, in this one at 45. Uh, make sure to check him out at one Tim Murray and check out his podcast and check out VSIN 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, primetime. Uh, Tim, we always appreciate the time. We will talk to you again in 2024. All right. Happy New Year, everyone. And uh, sorry for the delay. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, no problem, Tim. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. See ya. All right, uh, that is uh, Tim Murray here, and um, that's going to wrap things up for the uh, show here. Uh, as I said, next week, pretty much all bowls uh, in the afternoon, so we're not going to have a show, and um, uh, so we're going to close things down. As I said, thanks to everybody who listens and and, and uh, texts in, emails in, calls in. We appreciate everybody. I appreciate Lewis, who's here. Uh, we're the only ones in the building, it feels like, uh, so certainly we appreciate everything, and as I said, bowl games galore on our airwaves. Chances are that will be happening the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, listening to the show today. And uh, we will be back in 2024 to bring you more coverage. You're listening to 1061 ESPN.